Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Hey, y'all, what's happening? It's Penn. I'm just sitting here in my closet thinking about how I got to this point in life. You know, like back in the internet dial-up days, I wanted to make media. So I read some things, I wrote some things, and now I'm a journalist talking to you about how life's precarious journey can lead us through some wild ass twists and along the way hopefully you gain some tools that'll assist you in reaching your goal be it becoming a professional media maker or a mortician like today's guest paris war she's been a model a designer a sex educator a radio show host a notary an owner of an all-natural head lice removal service. And the thing that made me want to talk to her today, given all that's going on right now, she's an apprentice embalmer at an East Bay mortuary. Right now I have on an extra, extra large lab coat and a shield. It looks like it's between a science outfit. I'm kind of getting a welder or maybe a bee suit. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in between. A couple of weeks ago, I talked to Paris, who grew up in San Francisco and still lives there. But she works at the Pacheco Cemetery between Martinez and Pleasant Hill. And that's where she was as we video chatted about her path through the arts and into her line of work. We also talked about how her dream job of working in a mortuary makes her anxious during this pandemic. That's coming up right after this. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Dilfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 
That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. While we talked, Paris stood in the white room in the morgue at the cemetery. She was rocking a full protective suit with this big translucent face shield and some gloves and embalmer scrubs. She kicked off the conversation by taking it all the way back to the beginning. I wanted to be an artist. I loved drawing. I loved sewing and creating dolls with my grandmother. She taught me how to make dolls out of socks and stockings and fabric we would use for clothing. How did you land in the profession you're in now? I've always wanted to be in the funeral industry. Maybe since the age of six, when my great-grandmother passed away and uh, went to her viewing, and my grandmother told me to touch her. She said, go on ahead and touch her, and that way you'll know she's not coming back. And ever since then, seeing her in that casket, seeing how beautiful she was, and the environment that she was in, and seeing how peaceful she looked, for some reason, it was something that, in the back of my mind, I was like, hmm, I want to be here. I want to do that. It's just downright fascinating to me that uh, as a young person, you could see a funeral and say, hey, there's literally potential for the future of my life here at this funeral. As a kid, I remember going to funerals and never did I think to myself, hey, I'd like to do something that would lead to me spending more time in here. But Paris, she's something special. And even though Paris knew what her dream job was, the path to getting there wasn't a straight shot. I knew about the mortuary, San Francisco School of Mortuary Science in the late 90s. And when I graduated high school, I could have sworn that's where I was going, but they moved it to Sacramento. And so that's when I was like, hmm, being a girl from San Francisco, born and raised, I was like, I am not about to move to Sacramento. This is like, I'm having too much fun out here. So I just ended up doing my own thing, starting a theater company at Brava Theater called Colored Ink, writing and producing, creating. And most of the people that I know now, the musicians and artists, is because we all worked together back in the day. We either helped each other with shows and traveled together or opened for each other. Paris said she did a little bit of everything applying makeup to people on stage, organizing and coordinating plays. But in the back of her head, she held on to her childhood dream of wanting to work in a funeral home. Last year, I got sick of using the excuse that I couldn't do this job. That's what I was doing all this time. I was telling myself, I have children. I need to work on my own schedule. I'm not ready for it yet. What if I start the job and it disgusts me and I can't do it? And so one night I just said, fuck it, let me try. And I wrote that resume, which (laughs) took me forever, sent it in and I got a call the next day. And she loved my resume because she was like, wow, you know how to do makeup, dressing, production, you've done events, you know how to work with people, you know, like everything that I have a skill in, she loved. It's beautiful that all of your past experiences have culminated into something that you can apply right here, right now. And so now, now what do you do on a daily basis? 
the cases that we have embalmed, I look at them, I check them like babies. That's what my supervisor says. You know, when you have a baby and you have to check the diaper and everything else to see if they're okay, that's what I do with each of our embalmed cases. Um, if they need moisturizer on their faces, I add more. Um, if they need to be cleaned up a little bit, I'll do that. I also make sure their hands are in place, which is on top of their stomachs. And then after that, I just start on my first case. Is there any music you listen to that helps you with your job? Um, yeah, I can't work without music. Usually R&B, funk. Sometimes uh, heavy metal. It all depends. I kind of gauge it off of who I'm working on. Like if it's an older person, I'll put on like some soul or some gospel or something. It's different every day. I definitely can't the work person? without music. Yeah, you would like this. Let me, let me put this on for you. I talk to them, I make them feel comfortable and treat them just like I would want my grandmother or grandfather to be treated. Oh man. Thank you. It's good to know people like you exist, and I'll just say that. <laughs> what does your work inform you about what's going on in the Bay Area right now? That we need to continue to protect ourselves, um, wash our hands, stay clean. There hasn't been any studies or enough studies yet to um, prepare us for when someone dies with this virus. We are trying to make space in our coolers for what may come. There's actually no reason to embalm at the moment. We're not doing any funeral services, no memorial services. And so right now, those are the precautions that we're taking. So there's not um, big crowds or groups being around the deceased. And just to be clear, that's all causes of death. All causes of death. So even if there is a casket, they'll maybe get to see their loved one for five minutes or so. Oh, it's, a, it's a lot. It hurts me to know that people aren't going to be able to grieve the, the way they should and say goodbye. Also, this makes me think about other cultures. I know that the Muslim culture, they do a washing and shrouding. And they can't do that right now without um, the fear of catching something. And it's a beautiful ritual, but at this time, I don't believe that they can do that. It's hard seeing that they can't say goodbye. Compounded with the weight of knowing that people can't practice the very traditions that ground us in these difficult times, Paris, just like a lot of us, is really worried about our own future. No one thinks about the people here in the funeral industry that are here when everything, I guess, goes wrong. We have to worry about what's going on too because at this point, we don't know if it affects us. Yes, it's kind of freaking me out. I question myself right now, am I being stupid or selfish for even wanting this career, having a family? I have all those questions right now, but I'm staying strong because this job makes me so happy. I'm so happy that I'm here. 
and doing what I've always wanted to do. So I have these conflicting feelings right now. Big thank you to Paris for sharing your story and for doing the work. Paris, like many of us, is taking this day by day. Last we talked, she's not going into the office right now as funerals across the state have been restricted due to warnings against large gatherings. But you can follow her on social media. Her handle is Computer Blue, like the Prince song, except it's spelled slightly differently. C-O-M-P-U-T-U-R-B-L-U. Wait, before you go, I got a message I want to share with you. It's from Kava Menzies. She's a teacher at Oakland School of the Arts and a former guest of Right Nowish. It's about what she and her students have been up to while sheltering in place. Hey, Pendarvis. This is Kava Menzies from Oakland, California. Yeah, just wanted to wish everybody well. And this is such an interesting time that we're living in. I think the first couple of days, you know, I was just kind of deep in my thoughts and reflecting like everybody. And then something shifted maybe halfway through the week where I realized that this is an opportunity to speak on the transformation that we're all witnessing in front of us. And there is an opportunity to express it from the lens that I feel like only an artist can express in the shelter and place time. So one of the things I've been doing is trying to just keep the connection up both with fellow artists and also my student artists that I teach at the Oakland School for the Arts. And so this idea came to me that it would be really cool to do some collaboration between students and teachers, adult artists, youth artists, really just anybody that's a creative person. And could we do these kind of virtual jam sessions or virtual recordings with each other? Um, So I spent a couple days looking at different apps and came across the acapella app, came across another app called Gridplay, but really landed on the acapella app. And I love it because it's user-friendly. It makes it possible, you know, to upload a video from one place and then have multiple collaborators where we're recording and we don't have to all be in the same space to record. So the first video I did is with a drummer at our school named Jayla Hernandez and a fashion design student who's also a visual artist and musician and MC, Ajay Kasim. And once we saw what was possible with it, it just sort of sparked all these other ideas. So I have about four or five other collaborations kind of in the docket ready to come out. I'm going to try to do one a day. Um, And it's just creating all these amazing avenues for people to come together. And it really doesn't matter where you live. It just really is about having a willing spirit and wanting to contribute and be a part of something greater. I wish you bluebirds in the spring To give your heart a song to sing Thank you for that message, Kava. If you're looking for more from her and the music that her students make, you can hear that on the episode we did last fall. And of course, I gotta thank the whole Right Nowish team. That's my producer, Ashley Ann Krigbaum, my editor, Jessica Plachik, and the higher-ups at KQED, Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Thanks for listening. Peace. I wish you love. 
Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.